Good morning. I'm not quite sure how to get up here. I'm going to go this way. Hey, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. If you would grab a Bible and turn there this morning. Luke, this is way too far away. All right. Is that okay? I know it's off center. It's going to bug me too, but that's okay. <laughs> Luke chapter 2. The book of Luke. Well, good morning. We're getting close. Christmas is almost here. Uh, Pretty exciting on Friday night. We had uh, his choir performance. Amazing, by the way, if you're part of that. Uh, Great message, just really fulfilling. So come see that this afternoon if you can, 3 o'clock. Okay, so we've been in a series uh, called Adore Him. And we started looking at some prophecy in Isaiah about the coming Messiah, uh, that Jesus would would be the dawning light shining into the darkness. And that those people who would open their eyes to see that light and receive that light would have, would have salvation in him. So they prophesied that. Not only in Isaiah, we, we saw how it was prophesied in, in Genesis and how God promised Abraham that from his seed, right, and from the line of David, we would have a Savior. And that Jesus is called the son of Adam, or son of Abraham. He's also called the son of Adam. Uh, Because not only did it start in Genesis with Abraham, it started in Genesis 3 with Adam and Eve. That the seed of the woman would be the promise for you and I, uh, for eternal life, for salvation. That he would be the Messiah. So we started with the dawning light. We moved into, uh, last week, his parents' story. And learning how we can adore Jesus uh, in and through his parents' story. And and remembering the lineage that went backwards uh, to even Abraham and and further uh, had some pretty shady characters in it. Right? We talked about that, and we said that the main principle of, of what we can learn is that those who are typically excluded can actually be included who are in Christ. That, that God can use anybody in any circumstances for his glory. And in fact, if we look at our lives, we will typically see that it is dripping with grace. Amen? That God's grace is woven all through our history, our own timeline, our own story uh, for his, his glory. So we looked at his parents' story, and today we're going to take a look at how we can adore him through the shepherd's story, and what happened with the shepherds. We sing the song, The Lowly Shepherds. See, God chose to use even lowly shepherds. So we're going to look at uh, adoring him. But today is about listening and responding humbly to the gospel. It's about listening and responding humbly. I want to interject a quick story that I normally do when I talk about my daughter, right, or my son. Bailey is, uh, is quite the three-year-old. She is, it, it, we thought there were terrible twos, and there weren't terrible twos, but there are terrible threes for our household. And, uh, and she's a sweet, sweet girl. I love her to death. I mean, she's my, my gem, right? Uh, last night, though, we're, we're, dinner's ready, and, and she's in the living room, and I said, Bailey, you need to, need to come to dinner now. And she didn't move. In fact, she took some steps away from the dinner table, right? She took steps away from me. Bailey, you need to listen to dad. Bailey, look at daddy. And she kept taking steps away, and she kind of went towards the stairs, went on the stairs. And then, Bailey, you need to come to, to the kitchen right now. Come here. And, and, you know, it starts getting firmer. That This is important. This is pretty, pretty soon I'm going to chase you down, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pounce on you. And, and she comes. She's it's like, Daddy. And she runs into the kitchen, and she says, I said, Bailey, you need to, Daddy, you won't listen to me. You need to listen to me. What, what do I need to listen to you about? There is something over there that the batteries are dead. 
okay, I'm glad the batteries are dead, but I was talking to you, and you weren't listening to me. I'm happy to listen to you. In fact, I always listen to you. I know what you want. I know what your will is, but I'm asking you to do something different. Sometimes what's important to my daughter isn't what's important to her really or to our family at the time, right? And there's a, there's a time that it is super important to listen, and, and training our children that it's important to listen to mom and dad. And, and there are reasons why that, sh- that we ask them to do certain things. We don't just do it because we say so, although that should be good enough and can be good enough. Explaining and shepherding a child's heart and helping them listen the first time is super important. I don't want her to not listen to me when I say, don't run into the road. And if I have to say that five times, it's probably too late. It's important for you and I also to listen. And to be hearers. Jesus said that those who have ears to hear, let them hear. So you and I have to come to the word of God humbly, ready to listen to what he has to say for us. Listen to what he's trying to explain to us through his word. So today is about listening and responding humbly to the gospel. Okay, can we pray together? Let's pray and we'll get into Luke. Father, we are so grateful to be here today. We're thankful for your word and its power. And God, as we approach your word today, I I pray that you would humble our hearts. You would soften our hearts. You would open our minds to be receptive to your message, to your truth. And God, as we listen, may we have the ears to hear. May it change us and challenge us and convict us. Leave us different than when we came in. God, we ask that your spirit would be here, moving in our midst, that we wouldn't resist what he is doing in our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're in Luke chapter 2. I want to I go through uh, the whole passage uh, real quick together. Chapter 2, beginning in verse 8, and we'll go through 20. This is a, a, the, the shepherd story. We often hear this. Uh, I may show this next week, but Linus on Peanuts cartoon, right? This is the passage that he gets up and reads on the stage, and we always hear it on the radio or, or see it on TV. <clears throat> it says in verse 8, In the same region, shepherds were staying out in their fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Terrified, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today a Savior, who is Messiah the Lord, was born for you in the city of David. This will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in snugly, uh, snugly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angel had left them, he returned to heaven. Uh, The shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem to see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the feeding trough. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary was treasuring up and, uh, all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard, just as they had been told. So the shepherd's story. We're going to see a perspective of, of the king through this. And I want us to come and adore him uh, even more closely this season as we look at his, this, their story, okay? So number one, how can we adore him through the shepherd's story? Well, number one is don't be afraid, but behold. Don't be afraid, but behold. Uh, Go back to verse 8. We'll look at 8 through 12. 
It says in the same region, shepherds, right, lowly shepherds were staying, uh, were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. They were afraid, right? Linus says they were sore afraid, right? But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. So do not be afraid, but look, or for look, or behold, I proclaim to you, what? Good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, a Savior who is Messiah, the Lord, was born for you in the city of David. Uh, this will be a sign for you, and you will find the baby wrapped uh, snugly in cloth and lying in a manger. It says, so don't be afraid, but behold. What does this look? What does this look like for us? Well, first of all, mankind has alienated themselves, right? We have alienated ourselves uh, from God, and we have done that through our consistent disobedience, our consistent rebellion. We, we consistently buy the lie that we're in charge of our lives, that we're really the boss, that we're really the Lord, that we really have all the answers for our own lives, that we, that we can figure it out on our own. We don't need anything else. And we don't want to come under the authority of God because that might mess things up. We, we say that God, God's no fun. And, and here's what we say. We say, I deserve to do what makes me feel happy. What makes me feel happy. Do you understand that? That conundrum? Do you feel the same way all the time? No. What We are wrecks. We are emotional wrecks at times. Up and down. We're like a roller coaster. So if I do whatever I feel I should do, I am going to be wrong probably half the time or more. But the world operates in that way. They buy the lie that I should do whatever makes me feel happy. Whatever makes me feel content. We operate that way until we're confronted with the holy, glorious God. And see, most people don't want to be confronted with a holy, glorious God because when they are, they are sore afraid. They are terrified because they know their lives are not what they should be. They know that, that them being Lord of their lives doesn't make it right and good. See, God came to be Lord, not just Savior, but Savior and Lord of our lives, to be the boss. We operate in a way that's consistent with rebellion until we're confronted with the glory and holiness of God, if we get to that place. And I, my prayer is that with ears to hear today, we would get to that place. God is holy. God is perfect. He is Yahweh. You are not, and I am not. And that should humble us to say, okay, God, what, what next? What next? In this case, it was God's glory that surrounded his angelic messengers. His messengers came and said, Behold, behold. When God's glory appears, it always accentuates and intensifies our fundamental fearfulness because we are alienated from God. See, that time, that moment when you met Christ for the first time, it dropped you on your knees. Any instance in Scripture, and I've mentioned this before, that I've heard stories of people in life who said, I had a great experience, I had this vision of Jesus, and we were happy and walking through these green meadows, and just, he was with me the whole time. Like, that doesn't sound like any encounter of Jesus in the Scriptures at all. Every time someone had a vision or a dream or, or something from God, they, were, they fell flat on their face and said, I am dead meat, because he is holy and I am not. 
You think of Isaiah in Isaiah 6 when he saw the Lord seated on the throne. He knew that he was ruined. He said, I'm dead meat because I'm, I'm a man of unclean lips and live among a people of unclean lips. That's you and I. That's us. We are the same way. And when, when the holy appears, when Christ came, when God was revealed, we should be on our face flat before him. The more we move into the light, and here's the problem, the more we move into the light, the more the light exposes the dirtiness, right? Like I can pick a shirt out in the morning, and sometimes I do because it's dark. I pick a shirt out in the morning, and I might have forgot, wait a minute, was that washed? It was on a hanger, right? And then when I get to church or get to work or wherever I go, or go to, go to town in the grocery store, I'm like, oh, yeah, that, my kids played on that shirt, right? Because the, the more we show something in the light, the more it exposes what it really is, and we don't like being exposed. And you may feel this way around another person as well. There's that person in your life who, who you know loves God, and they aren't perfect, but they love God, and they just want to do what God wants them to do, and you don't, so you avoid that person because it makes you feel uncomfortable. Maybe God's trying to give you a message through that. Maybe God wants you to get your attention. Maybe God wants to say, don't be afraid, but behold. See, as we're being exposed by God's truths, it's a great opportunity for us to examine ourselves. To examine ourselves. Say, God, what is going on inside here? Continue, God, expose me more so I know clearly what's going on in here. See, the message is saying, don't be afraid, but behold or look. The angels are saying, you don't have to be afraid anymore if you look at what I'm going to show you. Look at what I'm going to show you for what it really is. It's the good news of great joy. It's, it's the gospel that a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. The one, the only one, who can deal with our sin is here. God says, I'm here to rescue don't be afraid, but behold. You and I have to do a better job of beholding, looking at God intently, saying, God, expose me and teach me so I can learn what is the good news of great joy that a Savior has. Beholding is relishing, it's grasping, it's gazing upon, it's believing and rejoicing in the gospel. And doing that will throw aside our fear. Amen? It throws aside our fear. Number two. How can we adore him through their story? Well, make peace, make peace with God. That's how you can adore him. Make peace with God. Today's, today's message is a response message. We adore Christ by responding to him and make peace with God. Look at the verses 13 and 14. So the angel had given them that message, and, and then suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts, this angelic army, right, with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to people he favors. He was, he was there to proclaim peace on earth. The angel said peace on earth. The peace we're talking about is not what most of the greeting cards are talking about, by the way. I, I want to make a clear distinction about the message of Christmas versus the message of Christmas. It was very, very difficult for my wife and I to pick out a greeting card this year. And, and a message that was on it because so many of the messages just were not quite adequate. And, and I'm not here to th heap coals on you if you picked out one of these messages. I'm going to read a couple messages that I just, I look at, I'm like, this is not the message of Christmas. 
When the angel said peace with God or peace on earth, what he was saying is this, that there is a way through the Messiah that you and I can have peace with God, which means you and I are at war with God before that. There's a war raging. Let, let me read some of these cards. Maybe it'll lighten the mood for us. And, uh, and, and I just, if I start laughing hysterically and can't control that, I'm sorry. These are actual greetings, some of the top greetings that people suggest. Okay. And, and, and at first glance, they look good. They sound good. They make you feel all warm and fuzzy. It's like you drank some hot chocolate. But it, it's not about this. It's not about the warm and fuzzies. See, we like to do what we feel, and it makes us happy. Jesus is not about the warm and fuzzies. Jesus is about war and, and making peace because of that war. And that war is what we're doing with, with him, right? Here, here's the greeting card. There, there's a few of them here. May this incredible time of giving and spending time with your family bring you joy that lasts throughout the year. Hmm, okay. I guess that's the joy we need to hold on to, right? Giving. That's what makes it last. I don't know. Amidst, here's another one. Amidst the Christmas carols, eggnog, cookies, and mounds of presents, may your heart be filled with the contentment and the unique feeling of joy the season brings. That is not a Christian message. We're not going to be filled with anything. We're going to be left empty. Uh, may this holiday season sparkle and shine. May all your wishes and dreams come true. And may you feel this happiness all year round. That's not what Christmas is about, folks. Not about our dreams coming true and having this sparkling and shining upon us that we feel warm and fuzzy. Next one. This time, uh, no, uh, your, your ho- or hope your Christmas is as warm and sweet as a cup of hot cocoa and filled with more uh, granted wishes than you can count. Is that what we're teaching our children? This time of year brings festivals, festivities, and family fun. It is a time for reminiscing and looking forward, wishing you wonderful memories during this joyous season. And the last one is my favorite because of the friends that I have. Oh, having you as my friend makes me feel as as if it's Christmas every day. The warmth and comfort that comes with this season reminds me of you. I don't know about your friends. I have some kind of crazy friends. All right, they are not the ones that fill me with the spirit. Jesus is. See, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, blessings, best wishes to you. That's not what the angels proclaimed that day. They said, I- I'm, here to, I'm here to give you peace, right? Or good news of great joy that you and I can have. And it's, it's peace on earth through the Messiah. That you and I can be reconciled to God through, through the Messiah. The peace we're talking about is, is not about prosperity and a trouble-free life. It's not well wishes. It is a proclamation of the good news. Peace means peace means putting an end to warfare. That's a peace treaty, right? So peace means putting an end to warfare. And our natural human heart is at war and at odds with God. Romans 5 tells us that how we were enemies of God and that he reconciled us through his righteousness. If you look at that scripture, it's amazing scripture that we were once enemies of God and those who have put their faith and belief and trust in the gospel in Jesus 
are now not at odds with him anymore. Christmas urges us to recognize there actually is resistance and conflict between us and God. And Christmas urges us to be reconciled to God. If you want to come adore him, make peace through him with God. And that is the good news of Jesus. It's a proclamation of the gospel. Number three, how can we adore him through the shepherd's story? We can ponder and treasure God's message. Ponder and treasure God's message. Let's look at 15 through 19. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they got this message from the angels, from the Lord. And then in verse 16, they hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the feeding trough. After seeing them, they reported, they reported the message that uh, they were told about this child. So they came to the child, they saw the child, and then they spoke. They, they spoke with the angels that said to them, this, this is the Messiah. He's here to bring peace. And in, in the hostility between us and God, they proclaimed that, that message. And it said in verse 18, all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating or pondering them, all right? So there's this, this pondering and treasuring God's message that we have to look at. Uh, pondering and treasuring, treasuring God's message is first about having ears to hear. And this is what I said at the beginning. We have to have ears to hear the message of the gospel. We must be good listeners. Something my daughter needs to do is be a good listener. Uh, Romans 10, 17, and why do we have to be a good listener? Romans 10, 17, it says that faith comes from hearing the message of the gospel, the message, and, the, and it is about hearing through the word about Christ or the message about Christ, right? Our faith comes from hearing the gospel, that we need that. But in order to hear, we have to have ears to hear. One of my frequent failures as a husband is, <laughs> it has to do with listening, I don't know if you guys are the same way, gentlemen. You know, you'll have a conversation, and, and sometimes my wife and I will have a conversation, and we'll start talking, and we'll, I'll bring a question up or, or something about our schedule or uh, something that may, you know, I want to get her opinion on something, and then she'll have to remind me. She's like, she gets that look, right? Brandon, we talked about this three days ago. Like, we mentioned this. We, I, I explained this to you. I'm like, oh, you, oh, well, and you have to kind of like, now what do you do, guys? You, do you like, try, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I remember your answer. It's like, no, now you're caught. You, you, she knows that you stood there, looked at her, and didn't actually listen, right? You, you might have heard what she was saying, that she was talking, but it, going back to a Peanuts cartoon and a teacher, it sounded like that, right? And then she calls you on it, and you didn't actually hear, like listen and listen and really take it in. It didn't sink in. Only happens to me? It only happens to me. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. <laughs> She's, see, my wife explains it. In a sense, I heard, but I didn't really let it sink in. Uh, I may not have given my wife's words the proper amount of attention, right? I need to give the proper amount of attention. And for you and I to ponder and treasure God's message, we have to give it the proper amount of attention. And, and while not hearing but hearing, with my wife is a little hard on a marriage sometimes in those, those instances. Well, that might be a little difficult. Hearing but not hearing the message of Christ is absolutely destructive to your relationship with him. 
You, you and I must come before him humbly with ears to hear, ears to listen, so that his message can penetrate our hearts and we can treasure it and ponder it. And I want to point out here, if you look at verse 17 and 18, uh, what it say? It said, after they saw the, the angels, they reported the message uh, told about this child. So they came to the, to the family and whoever was gathered there, and they became, the, the shepherds became the messengers. And then they proclaimed what was told about this child. And verse 18, here's a response. All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. People were amazed at shepherds? These were lowly, low-class citizens who God had revealed this truth to and who, who God had let proclaim this truth in the midst of this, this, this group, whether it's the, the family and, and friends or other people who had gathered around. These lowly shepherds were used to communicate the message. It wasn't distinguishing. How the message is given is not the message. And for you and I to understand that is super important as well. It was something that, that God is convicting my heart of, even, even his choir. How, how many his choir folks here? Singers? A couple? One? Two? Okay, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything here to offend you. This is, not a, this is not a professional, like New York City, on the stage, light show thing that we put on, right? They don't practice for years and hours and hours per week trying to, to be perfect. Not everyone that sings in the choir has a perfect pitch, Okay, but the message that they bring with the joy that they have is what it's about. The shepherds were unimpressive people. Are his choir folks are unimpressive people? I am an unimpressive person. We can't ignore the message or the uncomfortable truth in the message because it didn't come through an impressive means. And what, here's the truth for you and I in that. Although the message is important, although the message is what is, what is truth-changing, you and I still can be unimpressive messengers. That you and I are to share this message. And, and they don't have to believe in you. They don't have to believe in me. The Holy Spirit does the work in his message. If someone has ears to hear, the message will go forth. And that's what we worship and proclaim that's why we praise and have joy, because the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not about impressive means. It's about actually unimpressive means that the message would go forward. And we would have ears to hear, right? So here we'd have ears to hear the message, even in an unimpressive way. And then Mary pondered and meditated. So let's look at those words there. Uh, pondered is a Greek uh, or a Greek word means meditated or took in. Uh, it's to put it, it's to, to think about and to put something into context. It's to, to think something through. It means to unpack something and to see how it is useful and how it fits in life. So she, she pondered these things. How is this going to play out? Psalm 119, 130 says, the revelation or the opening unfolding, the unpacking of your words brings light. So you and I must ponder and unpack and unfold so that it can bring light into our life. And then she treasured, it says. And it's, it's not so much a technique. Treasuring is not a technique as it is an attitude that we'd have. It's an attitude we'd have as we approach the scriptures. It means reminding myself of the preciousness, of the value, 
of the wonder, of the awe, and of the power in the message of Christ. It's consistently reminding myself of that power and that treasure. Treasuring helps us adore Him. Amen? When I treasure Him, I adore Him. And if you don't ponder and treasure, your ears will hear, but it won't sink in. It won't comfort. It won't convict. And it will not change you. You and I have to treasure and ponder the message of Christ. And finally, number four. Adoring Him means that we will out overflow with what we have seen and heard. We will overflow with what we have seen and heard. Remember, the, the shepherds hurried over and they, they said, here's what we know and we, we want to proclaim this. And they all, everyone was excited. They all heard it and were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. And then verse 20, the shepherds returned. So on their way back from seeing baby Jesus, they returned probably back to their, their fields. On their way, as they returned, they were glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard, just as they had been told. They were in an attitude of worship. See, what, what greater spot can we be when you and I can really, really listen and hear God and, and make peace with God and, and the joy of the season is in Christ? And when we treasure and ponder the truth of that, there is no other response than to praise and glorify Him for all that He's done. You and I should overflow with thanksgiving, overflow with praise, overflow with, with, with glory to God in the highest because there's peace on earth through Him and nothing else. Your friendship's really important to me, but your friendship's not what makes me smile all year long. It's the joy of Christ and the peace I found in Him. Our response should be an outflow and overflow of praise as we point people to Jesus. The real hope, the real peace, the real blessing of Christmas. Amen? All right, let's stand together and pray. Father, we are so thankful for Christmas. We're so thankful for, for Jesus and the fact that we can come and adore him. God, as we've looked at the shepherd's story today, we, we want to be reminded to be humble and, and ready to have ears to hear that God, the, the light does expose the darkness and exposes the sin in our life. But God, that helps humble us to a place where, where you can begin to change us. So help us to put ourselves in that position, in that posture of, of humility. God, we want to see you glorified. So help us to see your, your message and, and ponder its truths and treasure its truths that it would change us. And God, we would go away every day, every moment, glorifying and praising God for all that we have seen and heard. We are so grateful that you sent Jesus down to be our Savior. That we, when we couldn't reach him, he came to us. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.